Hello, creative friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Living Creatively with your host, Monica Parks. And Angela Dalton. This is the podcast where we discuss topics about finding, nurturing, and protecting your creativity and creative spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I'm so excited. That was my excited. <laughs> okay, well, listen, check-ins first. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing good. I don't know. I, I, I've mm. missed, I think you were just talking about, I've missed every single meeting in the last week and a half mm-hmm. and I don't care. It is what it is. I'm sorry to all the people who I may have delayed, who I may have blown off. I did not mean it personally, but you know what? This is the new normal. And this is what happened the last week and a half. We are just getting through how we, however we are getting through. But um, I'm good. But I, how are you? How are you? Before we jump in, how are you doing? I am doing good. Did a lot of create creative stuff. <laughs> Got the two necklaces, some two yes! new necklaces that I'm putting out. I just showed Angela them earlier before we got started. So I'm hoping to um, crunch the numbers, look at my materials, and then get them up on my site. So I'm excited about them. And then there's about two other necklaces that I'm kind of hoping that I get done today, but I probably won't. But Nevertheless, I'm excited about the new stuff that I've actually gotten completed. completed. It looks so, so good. good. It looks so good. I'm so excited. Y'all might not have a chance to see them because I might buy them and snatch them up first. So. Oh, goodness. Hey, look. <laughs> Whoever's home it ends up in, it is welcome. <laughs> uh, well, today well, is especially exciting. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Angela, tell the people why you're excited. Tell the people I- why you're excited. <laughs> I'm like busting out of my chair. Like I can't I sit see, still. I'm I like see. a little kid. I'm like, what? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we have we have a returning special guest today. Mm-hmm. With us is Miss Isa Cesare, owner of the amazing, fabulous, fantastic Sister Sci-Fi Bookstore. Mm-hmm. She's been here before. Y'all remember her? She dropped some great knowledge on. Uh, fantasy and sci-fi, black and indigenous female writers who she Mm -hmm. supports with her store. And we are so excited to have her back because we got some new stuff to talk about. Yes. Miss Isis, hello, hello, hello. I I feel like I'm on like the late night show with Trevor Noah or something like that. Like. Well, we are so excited to have you. Yes, 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 I'm excited yes. to be here. I'm excited to be here. I'm like, I love the creative projects, but what was for me is like, the I don't care. I miss the meetings and I don't care. Like, yes, yep. yes to maintain boundaries. Yep. health. Yes. And like, black women don't have to be super women. Oh, so, yeah. that is that is a whole mood right there. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I don't care if your self care is not caring. Go right. for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> right. But we have there is a lot to be discussed because ooh, we are we're getting some gifts, some some flowers in 2022 and 2023. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. much great black speculative fiction content. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm here for, I'm like, give it to me. Give it to me. Like a All fire right. hose. I don't care. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh, well, okay. So, I mean, again, so much good stuff coming out. Where you, where you want to start? <sighs> Let's start with the woman King. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I, the deep side was like, I loved it. And I know people are like, 
But but see what had happened was, but I'm like, I still loved it. I mm-hmm. cat for Viola Davis. Um, I think I think she needs a hive. Like if Beyonce got a hive, she should have a hive. Um, and well, it's like, like to, yeah. To, to lead our listeners into it, who may or may not be in the know, just in case. So y'all know that Woman King came out last month. Um, it is the Viola, the hotly anticipated film by Viola Davis, who she mm-hmm. also is the executive producer. Mm-hmm. It was an all black cast, mm-hmm. beautiful all black cast. The training of the women in this movie was bonkers. We'll get into that. But Woman King, we were ready for it. And then it came out. And people started having conversations. The first conversation I saw about it was, I think it was Nas who posted, let's all remember that Lapita Nyong'o was in this movie and dropped out of the movie when she went to Benin to learn the history of the slave trade mm-hmm. and how involved this particular tribe was in the trading of black bodies in their own village, their own tribe, part of the slave trade, and how he felt that that had not been covered effectively or fully in the movie. And that was the first time I heard, I saw the conversation start to jump up about that it was not represented correctly, that it was glossed over, sanitized, if you will, um, that this particular group of people were involved, directly involved in the trading of black bodies themselves. So that is kind of our launch point that we'd love to have you talk about ISIS because again, full disclosure, I have not seen the movie. Um, When that first happened, I was like, I'm not, nope, nope, nope. But now that I've done some more research and I've listened to more people, I'm open to watching it. That's where I stand with it. So, so I watched it. Um, (laughs) I mean, so, um, I I also have my concerns about like how would they deal with like um, slavery like historically in the Dahomey Kingdom and um, historically in West Africa. Um, I don't kick it with Nas. I don't kick it with Lupita. They don't send me texts. I'm like, I'm always like Lupita. Why are you responding back to my text messages? And she hasn't so, um, I don't know why she dropped out the movie, but I did a quick Google search. According to like um, in BT.com, um, it says that she walked away for amicable reasons. Um, and in the film itself, it does bring up slavery. It does talk about the fact that like the African nations, um, the Dahomey Kingdom and the Geneva Kingdom, like their engagement in the slave trade, the main character who's played by Viola Davis, saying that there are other ways for us to make money. So it was addressed in the movie. And two, I'd like to say, like, the trafficking of human lives is, like, not acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. And we use that term, like, trafficking of human lives and slavery um, very broadly, right? So there is the institution of child slavery, which happens in the U.S. and in America, right? Which was multi-generational, which was, like, a less than human status, right? Which is different from like, which is still not great. Your village is raided, you're a slave, you're a slave in your lifetime. You're like, you're a part of like, you're not, you're not denigrated that that's temporary. 
right? Like if you come into the village as a slave, you can marry the son and like your status could change, right? Or daughter or something. Um, so I think that it, it wasn't necessarily always chattel slavery. Um, that's a good differentiation. Those are, those, are, those are my two things. I'm not coming for Nas. Not again, Nas, don't text me. I just... <laughs> No, but I'm glad that they, I mean, but I'm glad that the conversation was discussed and and not, I mean, I, what I didn't like about it, well, no, I'm not going to say it. it. It was interesting that the conversation was started and I think it was a interest, it was a good conversation to have. And that's why I kept looking at what other people were saying, not just those two. I wanted to see how the conversation continued and even like from Viola Davis herself as executive producer and her name attached to this. Right. And, and I realized that wasn't fair because yeah, because I haven't watched it because I haven't seen it. So I don't really know how it's, how it's being portrayed. Um, but I also think, you know, like Monica and I have talked about this, like at length, like it, it almost ruined an episode a couple of weeks ago because <laughs> Yeah, so rightfully, rightfully, like so upset because you know we love Viola Davis, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like we we want to keep capping for Viola Davis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it. But I think to your point, Monica is also like you know just we're coming out of the pandemic. What can you hold on to mentally and emotionally? And I think that was like the first thing was like, I don't know when it first came out. I was like, I don't know if I mentally or emotionally have the capacity to watch something so heavy. Um, you know what I mean? And so I guess that's a question that I have for you too. Like, you know, is it like, how did you feel coming out of the movie theater? Yeah. Monica, have you watched it? You also haven't watched no, it? No, I, I, once I found out what the topics that were being addressed, cause my thought of what it was, was like, we're going to watch a bunch of black women kick ass and it's going to be like, oh, she was a king and she was celebrated. I was thinking more on the upper note. But then when I realized it was going to be a little bit more heavier and the topics that we're going to discuss, I just can't handle any more heaviness. Like I'm just in that place where I'm just like, if it's not a comedy or something like that, I, I really just can't handle anything that's a little bit on the heavier side. No, no, no. I totally get it. I think. One of the sayings that I've developed this year is like, I cannot watch any more black media that requires that I talk about it to my, with my therapist. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is the bar. I'm like, if I watch the show and I'm like, damn, I need to talk to my therapist about this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably not the television for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Which full disclosure, um, the latest season of P Valley, I had like, we ended up talking about it in therapy group a lot. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh. season. right. Anyway. So that's <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, just, like, oh my god, season one was fire. Yeah, just give yourself time to process season two. <laughs> wow. Ooh, okay. okay. Thank you for the warning. Mm-hmm. And you're welcome. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, is the Woman King Black Panther? No. Right. Nor like, yeah. could it be? Because it's not set in like a parallel near mm-hmm. future, right? Right. Um, but is it? And does it? Are there a lot of triggers? Definitely. Like, there's um, sexual assault. There's like child abuse. Like, there's a, there's a lot of triggers. Chattel slavery. Da, da, da. Mm. Um. So my thing is that like the the main character. Oh, uh, and is her death? Yes. 
But um, the main character played by Viola Davis, which I, I should really be saying people's names, but I can't remember anybody's names. Like she she won at the end. There are really powerful moments where she had to deal with like the male chauvinism of like within her kingdom and the African king, um, which is played anyway, um, which I loved watching. Um, and like the warriors themselves were fierce and amazing. So do we have to deal with like racism and colonialization and slavery? Are there themes within the movie? Yes. But is it like 12 years of slave where you're like slogging through it and you got to watch Lupita get beat and like all this? Right. No, it wasn't like that. Right. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good to know. I, I think another part for me too is like, I'm like, please don't make me hate John Boyega. Like, please don't, don't play that character where I'm just going to be like, that's how I see you now. <laughs> you don't hate. I, well, when I left, I didn't hate John Boyega. Um, I, I personally thought I'm not a caster and I think John Boyega is brilliant. Mm-hmm. If I was casting his role, I probably wouldn't cast I probably would have casted probably a West African actor, right? Because mm. I, I think I struggled a little. I'm, I'm like a West African actor, not first generation, not like me, but like who is from West Africa. I mean, granted, it was several centuries ago. So regardless, the accent would have been different anyway. But it was kind of <laughs> <That's> like, <still. laughs> yeah, it's like this trouble. Is, is real with these accents, huh? Like, <laughs> um, but I mean, I think he does a beautiful job. The woman who's like his second wife, like, and her shenanigans was very interesting. He has the advisor, which is the eunuch, and I was like, every time he came on screen, I wanted to like clap and applaud and bow. I was like, you and this regal purple, like, I'm here for it. Um, so yeah, so. So when you left the movie, because you know how movies kind of set a tone when you leave. It's just like whether it is Black Panther after you left that, whether it is after you the first time you went to go see like a Mission Impossible movie after that or whenever you went to go see like whatever is your favorite sci-fi. There's the what's the tone after that. And um or the tone after what was that movie me and you went to go see Angela and we just kept looking at each other with the um with uh they were supposed to be like the Bonnie and Clyde version. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know exactly. as soon as you said it, I was like, I know exactly what movie you were about to say. <laughs> I like don't let me see, like, don't let me see Lena away to the street. I'm still pissed. So I say that to say, like, Woo! every time you leave a movie, it leaves some best man too. Mm-hmm. Every time you leave a movie, there's a there's something that you're left with at the end. Mm-hmm. After you saw this movie, what were you left with? What was the tone? Yeah, so I will I'll say like one line to like when I left the movie, it felt really triumphant. Then I'll share the experience of somebody who actually because I watched it at a drive-in <clears throat> because um, somebody who I went with was very had is still navigating. Um, with a high level of caution around the pandemic. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but I was talking to somebody else and, I, um, and they were like, yeah, I went to, they went to a theater in DC and at the end, the women, particularly it was DC. So it was mostly black women. 
um, were like doing the tribal calls of the Dohomey warriors. It wow. was triumphant. It was victorious. It was empowered. Like in that, in that ending, like we were all Dormology for like two minutes, <laughs> right? <laughs> Without the uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And like the soundtrack I thought was amazing. Right. Um, I thought the cinematography is beautiful. Like the women are beautiful. They're fierce. They're strong. Um, they're very vocal. So yeah. That's how I yeah. thought with the wins. You know, okay. I don't know like, happened after this battle, but like for right now, y'all didn't kick some asses and I'm here for it. Well, that was cool, like seeing some of the behind the scenes of their training, because I was like, I would have hurt myself that first day of training. They would have been like, we got to recast her because that training was no joke. That training was no joke. I mean, just going back to that time period of like, you know, the fighting with the sticks and the certain type of like, there's a, I can't remember the name of it. There's like a particular name of that type of combat, but watching those women learn the combat, but the training that they did, the physical training that they did to get their bodies ready for that. Like that was commitment. That, mm-hmm. that is where I'm like to see that translate onto a screen and how they use that training and how epic those battle scenes were that's why i want to see it also because of just yeah. like knowing that they put all this time and energy and blood sweat and tears into that piece of it showing these strong women mm, yeah. yeah yeah the training was very visible but like i thought the acting was very strong i mean viola davis and like the supporting mm. cast the um the actor that plays her daughter was like amazing um and then we left the theaters like i really don't crack she's She's playing a 19-year-old who looks 14 and the woman is 30. And I was like, get out of here. What, what's your skincare routine? And how do wow. I get that? Um, <laughs> so I talked about it with some friends. They were like, it is a very diverse ensemble cast. So he was like, some, some development of the individual characters would have been nice. Some mm-hmm. more authenticity about the queer representation would have been nice. And Viola Davis's character, I can't remember the characters, but Dallas, Viola Davis's character, like her love interest, to me felt a bit displaced and maybe a bit inauthentic. Like I talked to to a couple people, it's like, "Where did this? Do? What?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Well, okay, so that was Woman King. Now let's talk about what Woman King was not, which you said was Black Panther two. <laughs> <laughs> And still hotly anticipated, hotly anticipated. Y'all, when that trailer dropped, Which I was one? in bed. Like five. For the first oh one, my the gosh, very first I one. I need to catch up because I only saw one. Oh, like, yeah. the I very, like, very first one. I was like, new trailer every two weeks. So I was like, I'm here for a bit, yes. <laughs> take them all, take them all. Um, and my husband came running in with his phone and he's like, throws it in my face and hits play. <laughs> And it starts playing No Woman, No Cry. And I did not breathe for two minutes. I just was like, <gasps> I cannot wait for this movie. I the oh I cannot wait for this movie. Um, and the fact that they did not recast T'Challa mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they honored that, 
I was like, look at Hollywood honoring a black man. Look at this. Look at this is how you do it. Thank you, Ryan Coogler, for showing this is how you do it, how you can do it. You don't have to continue on. You know, you can you can make some changes and 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 preserve mm-hmm. a actor's performance and, and mm-hmm. their connection to a movie. And that like right there, that made me cry. That made me cry. I was just like, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um that, you know. Other people would have done it for the money. And mm-hmm. I really just thought that was so beautiful. The whole, the whole cast really came together to mm-hmm. make sure that that's what happened. Um, but yeah, so let's get in it. What do you well, think is going to happen? Oh, sorry, I, go ahead. Well, I like the fact that uh, um, I heard someone else say on social media is that during the trailer that when you see them do the wall mural, is not Black Panther. It's not T'Challa's character. It's literally him as himself, his person, who he actually mm-hmm. is as a real person, as like a throwback, a wink, um, you know, as a, a shout out and memory to him. Even though, of course, in the movie, it's supposed to be Black Panther, but it wasn't like him in his, it wasn't like him in his like costume, his wardrobe or whatever it was just him as the actor the person who Mm. played this character and i thought that that was really great now i feel like we as a people we are so fickle though because on one moment we'll say we don't want him to be recast and i think that we were ready to go to the streets on that and now that it is out there are people talking about boycotting it because they're like why didn't they recast him? Why didn't they recast the um the person? Are they trying to get rid of the Black Panther because now they didn't recast him and now it's not? And I'm just sitting here like, I got to get up off this roller coaster because y'all can't stand for nothing. <laughs> 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 I'm glad that they didn't recast him personally because I feel like it's easier to go and correct me if I'm wrong. It's easier to go in the direction of what it was like for the comic books, which was he wasn't the Black Panther the whole that the crown was passed on. And mm-hmm. it actually would be really easy for them to do it like the kind of want to say in case people don't in case they actually do it and people are not familiar with the with the comic books and mm-hmm. they do it and they're like, oh, you told us what the movie was. No, it's actually in the comic books. But <laughs> I'm hoping that what they do is they do what they, what actually happened mm-hmm. in the comic books, because it would be a very good way for them to kind of navigate along with the story in a respectful manner, but also stay true to the actual comic book. Yeah. Um, Angela, Monica, like, I agree. I'm excited. But I mean, like, yeah, I'm here, like, I'm on Issa Rae's political team. I'm here for everything and everybody Black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we can can mess up sometimes, too. But Mm -hmm. I'm just holistically excited about Black Panther. Um, and Monica, you're right. People are like I, they don't ever kill Superman. They don't kill Batman. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, one black man is Bruce Wayne, right? Like that's not intergenerational. Like right. that's not her. That's that's Bruce Wayne with a lot of money. Like right. get out of here. And I think like they killed Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are other Marvel characters that like have generation different generations, like Miss Marvel, like that mm-hmm. has passed on. Also, we've already seen a Black Panther die. Like, and the first one, his dad died. Right. And he was a Black Panther. Right. Like, get out of here. Right. Like, did y'all not watch? Anyway. Right. So, like, I've had a couple <laughs> friends be like, oh, no, I'm not, not watching it because they killed Black Panther. I was like, Black Panther was always human and mortal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to, you've already seen a Black Panther right. die. Yeah. Um, 
but everybody's entitled to their opinions. I am so excited. Um, I think at the end of the second or third trailer, you see a Black Panther in a female form, which mm-hmm. I think most people are assuming, like in mm-hmm. like in like the comments, that that's Shuri. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I really was hoping that they would bring Michael B. Jordan back. I'm just like, you can't be killing Killamonga like that. <laughs> He doesn't need that. He just needs extensive therapy. Like, right. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I am so excited about this. Anti- I love antiheroes. Like, antiheroes was a potential redemption arc, or like my thing. I like them more than heroes. And so, it's Neymar. I have not read comics. I just like to Google a lot. And yeah. she's like <laughs> the god of Atlantis or something like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like. And, I incorrectly, when I first saw him, assumed that the that the character was Native American. Um, I don't think he is. Um, that's not his backstory. But I just love the fact that like it's an antihero where we might be able to like understand where he's coming from. I think it'll be set up where Wakanda is not like definitively like oh yeah like of course he's correct. It's not like Wakanda is fighting the colonizer and you're like yes Wakanda is in the right. I think it'll be a mm-hmm. bit more nuanced mm-hmm. and I'm here for that and I'm just I'm here for like um, Baku I'm here for like um, the mom who I forgot her name um, so yeah I, I'm just I'm really excited I won't wear all white just cause if I can wear something bright and colorful <laughs> but it would make a I totally understand people who are wearing all white to see the film yeah, yeah. I'm just excited too because this is like it, 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 the amplification of women in this movie is what I'm so excited about. And it has always been as part of the Black Panther, right? Is just the elevation of women, the presence of women, the the respect that is given to women and their intelligence that you do not get in other Marvel movies. This is why it's always been my favorite movie because it didn't have to be a woman movie to get that aspect you know like it didn't Mm -hmm. have to be a black widow in order Mm -hmm. for it to be a female focused movie like Mm -hmm. it was just a distribution of power an equal distribution of power which i love so that is what i'm also here for because i'm excited to see how they move this forward the story forward and Mm -hmm. elevating this like female perspective to it i think is going to be dope as hell and i'm excited for it yeah i think there's a lot of opportunities because like michaela cole is in there and i was like yes and we don't know what she's doing yet, right? No, I'm like, I love yeah. Um, I'm still afraid to watch. I might hurt what you. No, I might kill you. I might damage I you. Like, <laughs> I, I, I will destroy you. I destroy yes. you. Yes. <laughs> no, that's it. Very intense. That's it. I was like. <laughs> um, I'm sure she's, I'm sure um, Cole is brilliant in it, but I was like, I'm triggered just by this title, so let me... <laughs> let me not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me figure out my life about that one. So, yeah, I'm so not- I just think that... I was just going to say, I think I'm also interested in seeing, because after the whole snap situation in um, with uh, not Thor... Lord, I'm forgetting the snap that wiped out. And so we've been trying to figure out because they've been talking about alternate universes. How are they going to lap that in? How are they going to overlap that? And, you know, they do that thing where they take also your TV shows 
And those are where your Easter eggs are too. So then you got to factor in what happened in TV land as well as movie land. But I'm interesting because this is usually they've used their really big headliner movies to make big moves, to introduce, you know, the next thing. And to me, I feel like that the last movie, what was the, what was the, what was the one with Thor? What was the name of that? Why do I keep saying Thor? What was the one with Thanos? Endgame. Yes. Endgame. So for me, I think Endgame was probably the last major Marvel movie where it was like they were bringing all their storylines together and tying them up and getting it ready for what's next. And I feel like now this is the next big movie. So I'm like, okay, are they going to use this opportunity to also introduce where this is going? Are they going to introduce new parallel universes are they and they're going to use this whole you know Wakanda because Wakanda was like it was it was in partnership with everybody so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not just the United States you know it was like their technology their science was far advanced so it's like it'll be really interesting to see if they use this opportunity to advance to the next part of the storyline so I'm excited about that as well yeah, I do hope they take that fight somewhere else because Wakanda don't need that bullshit. So <laughs> they need to take that fighting somewhere else. Okay, this is not okay. Wakanda's fight. <laughs> well, and so okay, we've got like ten minutes left, and I'm gonna pass it to you, Isis. What you would like to talk about? Because we were gonna talk about either interview with the vampire or kindred. Oh, so okay. your choice. I, I mean, I, we can do both because I can. So Interview with the Vampire on AMC um, takes the Anne Rice um, series and adapts it for television, but cast it with a black male lead. So that's Louis Delac. Um, the thought is still, I'll pop this white man, but that's fine. Um, and then Claudia is, always, is also like um, a black girl in the South and they aged her up. So Imagine being the body for eternity of a 14-year-old girl. That sounds like torture. Um, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Interview with the Vampire. My, my thoughts on that is you definitely should watch the representation of Blackness and queerness and classism has been very thought-provoking. And, like, what does consent look like? when the power dynamic is just institutionally, not mm. only is like Lestat white and rich, but I mean, like he's also my reading vampire when he turns, anyway. So yes, I'm enjoying Interview with the Vampire, Moonhaven, which is just a weird show. So, I mean, you can watch it if you're just only trying to watch sci-fi. Kindred! Yes. Yes! Oh, it is about so- damn time. It's about damn time. first live action adaption of any of octavia butler's work so people like why kindred why i'm like you know it wouldn't have been my first choice either but it is the first um and they announced it like june of 2021 so they like fx was like on the move i was like oh it's (laughs) november yeah it's november or december Oh, you're right. Uh, December. You're right. December. December. Okay. 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 So they were like on the move. I was like, I didn't expect it to be on like, wow. Okay. Um, It's eight. It's eight episodes. So I think it's initially like more miniseries, which I'm like, 
how much Kendrick can your heart take? So I'm not. That is right. <laughs> it drops all at once. I would not watch it all in one night, but ooh, other people yeah. may. Um, and I think they'll do more with Dana. Like you meet Dana and her husband earlier in their relationship. That's good because I was like, how did she end up with her husband? Um, there's a new code time traveler named Olivia. I was like, so fascinating and i'm here for that because like in the book the only person that dana had to like fully process her experience with was her right husband which had to be like its own type of right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to give her a black female time traveler code time traveler seems powerful i don't know what that means um so yeah i i'm excited we'll do a watch along um Oh, Sister Sci-Fi is going to do watch along. Yeah, it's in. Yeah, I post. I think I may have posted about it, and it's in the email. But I know a lot of people don't read the email. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll do a, a watch along of the a watch along, not a watch party. So you still need to like have it <clears throat> queued up on your whatever, um, and then we can talk about it in the chat and. Uh, the first episode and then we will have like an introduction and then a grounding ceremony afterward i'm led by michelle lewis who runs third eye books and is a somatic um in portland and is a somatic therapist just because like that can be heavy and grounding and i just you know can't i mean i have in the past but i don't want to just have people sit on this heavy content and be like bye right (laughs) right um and because, you know, race is so heavy in the show, like, we'll have space for it to be, like, BIPOC only and mix So anybody can join, but there'll be space for conversation BIPOC only and mix ethnicity. Um, <clears throat> so if you feel like you need to, like, a more closed container to say what's coming up for you after watching it, like, there's mm. the opportunity um, it's free for BIPOC people. We're asking people who are non-BIPOC to either buy the book or to support so we can buy a book for an attendee. Mm, okay. okay. Nice. That's, yeah. Yeah. I. This is one that might have to be the exception because it is heavy and it is about slavery. Um, but I also have been just waiting for it. I've also been waiting for it because I never saw Antebellum, the movie with Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. That came out a couple years ago. Well, guys, this is eyes got I real. Was gonna, I, was gonna, I was waiting because I was going to ask her about. I wanted to ask. I was like, "So, what did you think about Annabellum? You know, there's like, but, okay, there's <laughs> always this rumor that it was um, basically a like mm-hmm. plagiarism, plagiarized mm-hmm. from Kindred. That was a rumor. Don't know if it's true or not, but that's what mm-hmm. came out at the time. And so I'm just happy that this version is coming yeah. out, if that is mm-hmm. true, that that um, Octavia E. Butler is getting her moment. Like right. you said, Isis, I wish that there's there's so many other of her works that are just so much better. But I'm like, well, it has slavery, so of course they're going to make it. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of true, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but what I'm also excited about for this particular series is that it's directed, the pilot at least was directed by um, Janice uh, Bravo, who was also the director for Zola about the wild stripper 
adventure, whatever, like craziness that happened that came out based on the Twitter, on the Twitter feed of this girl telling her quite crazy story, going to yeah. to go strip or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I loved Zola. I loved it. I oh. loved the way that it was shot. I loved, I loved it. I, I forgot thought, about that when I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I you got to see it. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, yeah. I'm excited about um, Bravo directing the first um, episode. Um, I'm excited about um, Brandon because I think he also oh. Jacob Jenkins. Thank you. How much? Names down. Nope. Um, but um, I think he did um, Watchmen and also like early in his career, Medicine for the Melancholy, which you know isn't perfect, but it was just like such a sweet indie film, and I just love indie black film. Um, and what I wanted to say about Antebellum, I did watch it. I'm not going to tell you what I thought, but it is not plagiarism on King Jr. So okay. okay, good to yeah. know. Good to yeah. know. Okay. Thank you. Was for it your good? Insights. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Did you like it? I'm she just not going to tell you. The fifth. I was like, she is pleading the fifth all over yeah. this. <laughs> like, nope. But uh, what I can say definitively is it's not plagiarism. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good okay. to know. But yeah. I have reserved, I've reserved that piece of myself for Kindred. I can do, okay. I can do this for Kindred. Right, I, right. I couldn't do it for Antebellum. Um, so that's so good to know. Yeah. No, all of these. So thank you for sharing all of this. Like, again, like it's one of those things where, you know, Monica and I've talked about some of these things, but we didn't really know like all the things that were coming out or that are out now. And so that's where like we both are so excited to have you on the show to talk about because we just had an episode a couple of weeks ago talking about films and TV shows that we love. And we're like, we need more ideas. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's so much, um, so much. And like there's Resident Evil, if you love zombies, like the TV show on on Netflix, there's like a West African fantasy show also on Netflix called. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm. It's yeah. it's really it's great to see. It's great to see, and it's great to see again more like West African storytellers, like not even just in film and television, but even in books that are being adapted into so film, film and television. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. The story, t- I, just, I, I just love specifically Nigerian storytelling too. There have been mm-hmm. such great Nigerian storytellers that have come out. The pipeline is rich. And I think the success of Children of the Blood and Bone, whether you're a fan or not, um, has like created massive opportunities in terms, especially in literature, in that yeah. subgenre. It's like, wow, there's so many West African YA fantasy books coming out. Um, so good. Beast of Prey, Beast of Ruin, um, is being adapted. I'm pretty sure for Netflix. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know when that'll come out. Um, the author is American, but the world is West African white fantasy. So there's a lot of adaptions. So the pipeline looks rich and bountiful. Are they also doing an adaptation of? Is it the Binti series? Um, yes, for Hulu. Yeah, okay. That is still happening? To my knowledge. I mean, and I think, like, Kendrick came out so fast, it makes me, I was like, what's going on with anything else? But yeah, like, to my knowledge, it's still working. Like, um, again, this, Daddy Corfor is also somebody who doesn't text me. <laughs> but I see on her Twitter that, like, 
they're working on a screenplay. Like she submitted it. They were like, it's brilliant. Obviously it's brilliant. It's Dr. Nettie Okorafor. But um, so yes. But I think like that's a more typical, like they got to like write the script. They got to like cast it. They got to like shoot it. They got to edit it. Like, so yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. And I just, I wonder, I mean like, and I'm excited for the time. And then I'm like, is this like the black exploitation era? But it doesn't feel like it because I learned like last month that black exploitation actually started with like Blackula. And mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, in black exploitation, I mean, it's like you gotta, it, you have to contextualize that though, right? For like the 70s and what it was. But for the time period, it did open up Holly, black, it started black Hollywood. It just mm-hmm. started Black Hollywood. And so for that, we are truly thankful for Black exploitation, you know. And Pam Greer, thank you for that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, you <laughs> will always be grateful for Foxy Brown. Right. You know, like, always. No, like, yeah. No. No, like, I'm here for it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, like, not not disdain, but more questioning this era. So I don't want to call it new, right? But this right. era of like so much rich, richness in the genre of black speculative fiction, right? Like, and just making sure like they're not just like black faces on the screen, but they're like black writers and black directors mm-hmm. and black cinematographers. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not just like taking a white work and putting a black main, main character, but you know, there's like a bunch of like right. black screenwriters and like originally black content. And you could just like keep it black, you know? Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, so like, so like seeing like Ring of Power and Game of Dragon or House of Dragon, like mm-hmm, be part mm-hmm. diverse, which is like, what? Yeah, that's great, but it's like, but can we also get more diverse stories? Exactly, and, and contemporary stories too. Yeah. you know, that's where it's like, um, you know, women like Issa Rae are amazing because of the contemporary stories that they're telling. Like, Monica and I went to go see the photograph, and mm. we both were just like, this. <laughs> They're like, oh, this was a sweet honey on the rock. We needed this. We needed this. Just a beautiful, that was a beautiful movie. Love story. It's like no, like no drama. No, you know, oh. like not no, like not drama. There was not, drama, not drama, obviously. There was, but it was. There was like, no. Soft. It was not triggering. Oh. There was nothing yeah. triggering about it. It lives know? up to his name. If you love the art of photography, the richness, yeah. the warmness, the being able to see the details within the film, the taking the time, the slowing down, the being in the moment, that was mm. that movie. It was That's beautiful. So Properly named. Yeah. Beautiful. I haven't watched it, but I'm excited for that because a lot of the times black media is so centered around like our trauma. Like mm-hmm. I watch if Bill Street can talk, I'm like, this is a beautiful movie. But I'm like, if this family can't get a break, like, you know, <laughs> and, I just, and sometimes you just, you do want to enjoy like seeing black faces on the screen and not have to like also protect right. your heart. Like, you mm-hmm. just want a soft space to land. So it was the that. first movie I would say in a long time. I don't know if you'd say this, Monica, but it was the first movie in a long time that I felt like I was so relaxed. You know, yes. it was like I could sit in the chair in the movie theater and just feel the cushion of the seat, you know, and like hear the music. It was the first time the- in, it was the first time watching a black movie that was centered around a black story mm-hmm. that I could feel relaxed. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wasn't waiting for them to be like, and then he raped a sister. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. was like 
it wasn't it wasn't a story built off of a very traumatizing, triggering trauma. And, and listen, for for a country that really doesn't want to apologize, recognize or anything about slavery and the trauma that is put black folks, it sure it sure does like putting a lot of movies together to kind of wink at it and show about it and put a TV mm-hmm. show about it. So I don't understand that. But for me, I like that movie because it definitely was something that it wasn't it was it was the beauty of the ability to be able to tell a story with black people in it about black people without it being about something just triggering and traumatic, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, and I thought that that's the first time that I, that's the first movie I have gone to. Yeah. That was a centered. Like there were, th- there were parts about it that were heartbreaking because of the yeah. story, but the mm-hmm. movie didn't break your heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It didn't make oh, you go talk to your therapist. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, I definitely should queue up the photograph. So I'm Oh, you would think it's so beautiful. But we need I more think movies there's like that. Stuff on saving, like the photograph. I still haven't watched like the last two or three seasons of uh, Insecure. Um, episodes of Insecure. I'm like, I'm going to save it for like, I don't know, something. So, yeah. <laughs> Mm. Well, thank you for coming to visit us again and spend yes. time with us and talk with us. It's always so much fun. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day. I know, like, we're over time. I can make sure next week, Angela. Angela, oh, yeah. Monica, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to see us and be with us and talk with us and just have great conversation. And that concludes this episode of Living Creatively with your host, Monica Parks. And Angela Dalton. Remember, you can connect with us on Instagram at Living Creatively Now, the Living Creatively Podcast Facebook page, and on our website, thisislivingcreatively.com to subscribe or to send us questions that you'd like us to answer or advice you may need as a fellow creative. Thank you for joining us and being a part of our Living Creatively community. And always remember to protect your heart, protect your mind, and protect your gift. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.